and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection, episode 39. I'm Jojo Fraser and I'm here this week to give you some brutally honest discussion to remove the stigma of therapy, to remove the stigma of talking openly about our minds. We need to talk about our minds just like we need to exercise our bodies. Um, Mental health will impact all of us. And sometimes living with the mind can be really hard work. Um, I'm going to be speaking at a really cool Scottish event at the Corn Exchange on Sunday the 10th of March, 10am to 3pm. Bonnie Bairn, love the name of, my little girl's called Bonnie, and it's Scotland's premier pregnancy and family fair. And today I have the founder of that fair, Debbie Rani. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Debbie, sorry if I've not... Um, She's some girl and she talks so candidly on this podcast about postnatal depression, um, prenatal depression, anxiety, raising kids, um, putting on a massive fair when you've got three kids, some women. um, We just talk really um, honestly in this session and I think it's really important for people to tune in and know you know, we're not alone, we're all juggling, we're all struggling, we're all loving life in parts too, Um, and that is okay. So thank you so much to Debbie for being so open, for all you share. I know you're going to smash the festival, the fair next weekend, can't wait to be there. Guys, if you're coming along, please come and say hi. I'll be speaking in the morning and I'll also have a stand with my books, so if you'd like a signed book, come and see me, we'll chat some mojo have some fun. Bring it on. And here we go. Welcome. Thank you for coming round. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. And um, yeah, you've had a bit of a busy year. I mean, the fair is really soon. Yes, two and a half weeks. Wow. Um, So it's on the 10th of March. 10th I'm going to be speaking, um, so thank you for asking me along to do that. I My intention is to really help people get a bit of mojo in parenthood. What sort of, is it like pregnant, or what sort of ratio are you expecting, like more sort of pregnant young families? Um, the whole fair in itself is designed for pregnant ladies, expecting couples, new families, mm-hmm. and established families with children under five. Okay. So, everything and anything from early pregnancy right through to the children starting school. Okay. We have things on for the parents, the babies, the children, the toddlers, even some grandparents are welcome along. Oh, nice. Do you know, I'm thinking back to when I first fell pregnant with Bonnie, and it's quite nice, it's called the Bonnie Bear. Um, Bonnie's delighted. Uh, And uh, it's all such a bubble. And you're so excited. And for me, I remember when we first, well, we got married and um, lots of people started to give their advice. They said, don't have kids too soon. Enjoy being married. But I just had this like desire to start trying. And I write about this in chapter three. It was like Scott didn't stand a chance. The moment he said, maybe I had the legs in the air and the ovulation sticks. <laughs> and I really went for it. And mum always said to me, it's really, really hard work being a parent. Um, And I was like, I don't care. And then I had the kids, had Bonnie, and then a couple of years later, Charlie. And I was like, whoa, I know what she means. Like, being a parent, and you've got three. Yes, I've got three now. Is a crazy roller coaster, isn't it? Yes, and each one's very different. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing as well is a lot of the time in your first pregnancy, mm-hmm. you don't realise certain services exist. Yes. You don't realise there's certain support networks out there mm-hmm. or um, even products that are available for you. Yeah. So coming to these sort of events, you can find out everything all in one day. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't need a certain service with your first baby, sometimes your second baby, if you're juggling two or like me, juggling three, yeah. you know, you need all that extra support and not, not so much advice. Not everyone needs advice. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much available in, in Edinburgh and Lothians that yeah. we really should be shouting about it. Yeah, it's amazing. And you've got some great people coming along and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so you, you've arranged, you've worked in events and you've arranged a few fairs in the past, haven't yes. you? Yes. Um, I've worked in events for years, but Bonnie Barron has done four fairs in the past. Okay. Um, just outside of Edinburgh, just out along at Falkirk. Okay. So this is our first one in Edinburgh. Good and for you. we're going big. We're going to be at the Corn Exchange. It's a pretty big venue to take on, especially when you have three kids. I mean, good for you. <laughs> I think I had too much hormones. <laughs> I booked the Corn Exchange when I was eight months pregnant. Wow. And then, um, yeah, a few weeks after having Athena... We started planning. Well, we really started planning before because Diana had a son doing the maternity shoot and then the newborn shoot for the images for the fair. Wow. Um, so yeah, all the market material is my family plastered everywhere. Um, so yeah, it's lovely, but oh. I do blame it on too much hormones. Yeah, it's um, cr- yeah. Let's talk about hormones. I think it's important for people to know that it's very, very normal. Um... How did they impact you from a kind of mental health perspective? Did you did you feel you were a bit up and down? Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I get very hormonal imbalance. I'd probably call it, mm-hmm. uh, especially during the pregnancies. Uh, when I was pregnant with Alice, who's my first. Love that name. Um, Love all your kiddies' names. <laughs> yeah, the three A's. Um, yeah, when I was pregnant with Alice, um, I had to come out of work. Because I was having prenatal depression. Okay. Antenatal depression. I don't uh-huh. know what it's called. Yeah, pregnant with a bump. Um, pregnant depression with a bump. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, so many different terms. And, uh, but... and then we, uh, we were fine once she, once she was out. So yeah. And then when I was pregnant with Aria, who's three, it was, I think we were fine. We were moving up here because we were down in Sussex. Mm-hmm. So we were so busy getting ready to move. And then we moved across the country when she was four months old. Wow. But then the hormones went a bit crazy and I ended up with postnatal depression. Goodness. Um, so you had prenatal yeah. first time, then yeah, you had postnatal, postnatal. second time. Um, and I think part of the reason for probably in the back of my head doing the fear mm-hmm is to keep me so focused yeah. that there's no room for it to creep back in, if that makes sense. Yeah, so you have less um, time to... Yeah, I don't have time to sit and have the little demons come back in a way. Uh-huh. I was planning a fair. We had um, our last fair in May last year, so I was working a fair up until I was seven months pregnant. Uh-huh. Well, I had a few weeks off and then we booked the coron exchange. So I think there, there's a very good chance in the back of my head it was subconsciously I was doing it for a reason as well as having too much hormones and being a crazy lady with a massive fear eight months pregnant. Um, 
Yeah, I do think there is probably a little bit to play there with keeping me so busy. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, she's only, what, she's going to be seven months next week. Yeah. Wow. Time. Did you think one was harder, like the prenatal or postnatal depression? Was, it, was, was there differences or different symptoms or ways that you could help? Yeah, I think... I think it was probably hard when I was pregnant mm-hmm. because we tried for so long to get pregnant. Okay. Um, she was about two years trying. And then I kind of in the back of my head being like, no, we're not doing it anymore, it's fine. Went and got a proper job. Um, I was working in research down south. And then within a few weeks, I was all of a sudden, wow, I'm pregnant. Wow, you, so you just, perhaps that pressure lifted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... There was days of just crying constantly mm. and eating a lot of chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 12 person chocolate cake a day. <laughs> no wonder I didn't lose the baby weight for so long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that probably was because, yeah, it was very isolated and just, you're pregnant, you're meant to be happy and blooming and, mm. and you're not. Yeah. You're wanting to throw up everywhere. You're, you're crying for no reason. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it, there's a lot of pressure on sort of, there's lots of things you can't do when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't want to do them anyway because you're pregnant, you're growing a baby, but you do feel that sort of, there's restrictions on you now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you almost, you don't want to go places in case like something happens because you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, but it was, other than a uh, severe mind sickness, yeah, I think health-wise and apart from crying everywhere mm. um it was fine but yeah there was a lot of tears yeah it's hard and I think that's why messages of kindness are so important because I remember when I was pregnant with Bonnie and I felt sick constantly for the first 20 weeks but also hormonal and I remember we were living in a flat at the time and our neighbours were just being assholes you know like you know these just really nitpicking at things and I just crumbled and I just couldn't, um, uh, what's the word, you know, just let it wash over me and, and go, right, I don't need this drama. I would really take it to heart. And then when we had Bonnie, I remember Scott put a nappy in the wrong bin by mistake once, but it was all wrapped up in a bag. And she sent him this text saying, oh, I can't believe you put a nappy in our bin outside. And I was thinking, how do you even have time to notice that? Like, who checks inside their bins? And I remember sending this text because I was just so hormonal and I was like, how, you know, why are you being so hard on us? And you get so defensive and we know the best thing to do is just let that wash over because we all have issues and stress and people react to things in different ways. But I just remember being pregnant and then having Bonnie and thinking, I'm just not coping as I normally would. So I think kindness is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, you hold on to things as well, that like you still remember that nasty text and it's like any anything else you you yeah. wouldn't remember it because it's just a normal it's like, oh she's just leaving she's probably just having a bad day but because yeah. you're so hormonal and in that spot it's like how do they say that i know um, i know and you really because if you're not in a place where you can think clearly as well you can really take it all personally and i think the inner critic can really you know take over and when we've got these young kids or when we're pregnant we, we need to be, you know, we want to look after ourselves, but often that's the last thing. And if it could take one comment and then it starts to spiral and you start to doubt yourself and our minds can get really noisy with, oh, I'm a rubbish mom or what's, oh, I didn't know it would be this hard or I'm not coping or all these thoughts that are so normal mm-hmm. 
definitely normal. But we start to build on them and you let hold, them spiral. Yeah, you hold them and then you hold them longer. And um, yeah, pe- people want to put that smiley, shiny face on everything that they are coping. And oh, I've got two kids, it's a breeze. I've got three kids, it's a breeze. The amount of people said to me when I was pregnant with my third, oh, I've gone from two to three, it's no bother, you'll be fine. <laughs> Like, no, uh, no, it's not fine. Um, yeah, it's. it's I often hard. get a crazy lady at the school gate. Yeah. Like, I've got them all here. <laughs> We're all dressed. Um, yeah. It's. I mean, I'm a third child. I've just got two. Uh, Scott's an only child, so he's he thinks a three would potentially ruin us, uh, marriage wise. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's a tricky one because I think it's easy to forget as well. You know, Charlie starts school and I'm thinking, oh, you know, we were chatting about breastfeeding earlier and I'm thinking, oh, well, I'll never have that little baby time again. But you just romanticise. I mean, how do you cope with the the balance of three different kids? How are you and surviving? age range and surviving on a lot of coffee. Yeah. A lot, a lot of coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's true. I mean, too much caffeine can be a trigger for anxiety. So yeah, I probably people why I have anxiety a lot. <laughs> but then it's the balance between: do you need that extra? You've just got to do what you feels right for you as well. You know. Yeah, and I mean, you also because I mean, I've not got that big an age gap. All three of them are under five for a few months. Yeah. So there's. Alice is three, Aria's no, Alice is five, Alice is three, and Athena's almost seven months. Okay. But then, sort of, after school on Sundays, we have to take Alice to her activities. Okay. Um, during the afternoon, we have to take Aria to her activities. There isn't really any activities for Athena. She's, yeah. she's kind of thrown in the car seat and whisked off to wherever her sisters need to go, whereas when you have one or two... Mm-hmm. They all sort of get their individual times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite hard to balance all three of them having the same activity time. Is that what it is? That's, uh, that's same hard. opportunities. That's really hard. I'm a third child, so I thought that's why I was quite independent because I just kind of had to make do. Like yeah. I had two older brothers, so they would often be going to the football or they'd be going out to places. And don't get me wrong, I remember when I was a bit older getting to go swimming and to the fair and things like that but there was a period where I was just at home playing a lot but I learned to really enjoy my own company so I guess there's a so there's still hope for Athena there's, there's still hope when she's a bit older yeah. <laughs> um, but no you do you, you get it's I was sitting thinking the other week well the other day when I was thinking about coming here it's like what do I do to talk about and it's like I don't do that much now well, it we sounds like you're do doing quite a lot too. Well, with babies, yeah. like we don't go out and socialise in toddler groups because we have to be back in time for the nursery pickup. Yeah. We don't really go out in the afternoon to toddler groups because Ari has been at nursery all morning. She wants to have lunch. She wants to have some time with me before her sister comes home. Oh bless. Um. So yeah, there's there's very little sort of socialising really. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard, and we were speaking about loneliness as a mum, and it's it's quite a big thing, and there'll be a lot of stats we're not aware of because people don't want to come out and say, "Yeah, I'm lonely." Talk about it. Yeah, just or we're just getting on with it. But I think it's really important to to highlight that 
that, I mean, what can we do to prevent getting in a lonely place? And there's a lot of mums that probably just sit on social media for hours and hours, but they're not getting that face-to-face time. Yeah, I think, I mean, social media is great because it does give you that connection to the outside world. Yeah. But then depending on what you're seeing on social media, if yeah. you're seeing people that are posting all these great days out they're doing with their kids and you're sitting in the house and you've not got dressed for two weeks, which is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. You're a mum who probably hasn't slept for two weeks, yeah. so why would you get dressed? But you're seeing these other mums who are managing it and they're they're looking amazing and they're off doing things and yeah, it, it's nice seeing that connection to the outside world, but is it actually doing your mental health any good if you're in effect judging yourself for not being that person when yeah. behind their pictures they're probably not all smiley either they've probably had a lot of help get into that activity that day or yeah yeah i mean it i've came... had three days beforehand of constant screaming and living in their pajamas you never know yeah i know and, and it's just seeing the bigger picture isn't yeah, it you don't you don't know what got before that picture so yeah i don't know social media does help if you are stuck in the house and you're seeing all these wonderful things that everyone else is doing. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh. I remember I, I took up running and people were, when Charlie was really young, um, I think partly because it had the emergency section and I couldn't really move for ages, so movement felt like a real luxury, but also just to have that headspace. So people were going, you're superwoman, you're running. And I talk very openly about this in chapter four, but the perception of people, oh, how's she doing it? But actually it was a treat to be outside. And as I spoke to more mums that taken up running, they were saying, oh, it's my selfish thing. You know, people think, wow, she's going to run, but actually she's running away from the chaos and just having that headspace. So your feet are moving, but actually your mind, the more you do it, you start to get in the flow of it. And it's a really... um, for me, it became a bit like therapy. And then I would get back and it would be a madhouse and Charlie was screaming for my boobs and I'd literally get in and whap him on yeah. and Scott's like, oh, that was really hard. And I'm like, well, I had half an hour of clear, you know, calm and quiet. Yeah, half an hour to yourself. I remember, it, like, he would get back from work and I would just leave. I'd have the trainer, the trainers on and people were like, I remember the neighbours were just like, wow. I was like, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. <laughs> Poor Scott. <laughs> Although he yeah, had been away all day, so not really. But, you know. <laughs> it is that. Um, and especially, like, for me, the lead up to the fair, at the weekends, it's you go out and I'll go and do work. He's mm. off today, so I could come here. And they're like, oh, you're getting away. And it's like, it's my only time away. Yeah. Um, and you can have like, a conversation. Oh, doing really good. He's at home with all three of them. Is, is he going to be okay? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're... They're, they're his kids too. He's, he's going to be fine. He's looking forward to a day with all of his dogs. Um, yeah, they're coping. He'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> I'll probably go back to all my blankets being used as a house fort. Um, <sighs> yeah, he's one of those dads. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. He's the fun dad. Um, so, yeah, but you do. You need to, what, what's your headspace, really? You um, really need to. But it can be really hard to practice self care sometimes. Mm. Um, I do it because I have to practice what I preach um, so I'm really strict on right I'll book a massage I'll, I'll go and do that um, and sometimes with work it will get a bit mental but I just have to try and be like right slow down chill out how can we like do you find what would be your time for self care if you were being strict with yourself if I was being strict 
Um, I don't think there is any time that I don't have at least one of them. Yeah. Um, do you ever get a bath, like a hot bath on your yeah, own? Yeah. Um, yeah, I could, I could do. If you like hot baths, so, I mean, self-care oh, yeah. to some like people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you have one of those trays? Have you seen those trays that everyone's posting with the... No, but I, I should get one. What I, what I use is, um, you know those little steps you get that, like, the toddlers use so they yeah. can get up to the toilet? The Ikea step. Yeah, like one of those. I'll put that next yeah. to the bath and I'll put a wee towel on it and I'll put my phone and a glass of Prosecco. Oh, I like that. Yeah, nice. nice. That's the way to do it. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's been it's been a while since I've had time to myself. I should book some in, um. But no, it's so busy at the minute. Yeah. There's no time for me, which is quite bad. There should be time for me. Mm-hmm. Um. It's so yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, do you see organizing the fair, which is a huge job, and you you've got so many people involved in it. So you've got to, you know, deal with all your exhibitors, you've got to focus on marketing, oh, crazy lists when you put on an event, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, um, and at the moment, the last few weeks, what's taking up the most time is just answering emails, mm-hmm. chasing every, I mean, we've got 75 exhibitors now attending, mm-hmm. so it's making sure we've got everything from all of them, we've got, yeah. we know everything that's going on on the day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm staring at a laptop most of my days and nights. Yeah. Um, so how many, how many hours do you get to work on that? Because in a way, that's a bit of self-care. Because it's a, a really exciting project. It's an yeah. amazing thing you're doing. So you're getting that time. Like for me, I used to see, like, writing my book or blogs or, or launching podcasts and stuff was a really exciting time because you're doing something out of your comfort zone, although you're used to doing events. Every event is different. It is different, yeah. Um, so in terms of identity, you're not just mum. Yeah, it, it takes me away from being mum, I suppose. Um, although a lot of the daytime meetings do usually have at least one child with me for. Every every trip to the foreign exchange so far to meet Louise, bless her, I've always got at least one with me. And yeah. like, it's, they're just attached. It's yeah, fine. But that's the age thing. That's the stage yeah. you're at. You know, I had that. I used to go to meetings all the time with the kids or they would do ads with me, like dress up in products and I'd have film crews around. You know, you would just... Yeah. They, just they slot in quite well. Yeah. And I think because... It is the baby business. Mm-hmm. A lot of the businesses we're meeting mm-hmm. or networking with, a lot of them are working mums as well. Yeah. So they understand. Some of them have their children with them as well. Yeah. Um, and when I met you for the first time, we went to the soft play with the kids. So yeah. that was perfect. That was great, actually. And and Charlie was just uh, delighted. He likes to... Cause, as well, I find if I'm here, he just like he wants to watch Power Rangers. But he loves to play, and he loves to play with kids, so it's great that we can just hit the soft play. I mean, David Lloyd was kind of a sanctuary for me when they were really young, because sometimes just to get out and let them have that familiar place where mm-hmm. they go, and I can have a coffee and just connect with other mums or do a little bit of work or just have that headspace, you know. And it's a safe place as well that the children can go to and they're familiar with, which yeah. helps. 
It's like a second home, really, for us, which was... Uh, it's not a bad place to have as a second home. Yeah. yeah. It's the outside pool, though, that that's my pockets of self-care. I you know, know, I need to come and check that out oh. In the summer, maybe, when it's... Oh, even today, it's, it's gorgeous to be oh, outside. I honestly, I've got fake tan on, so I can't go today, but I, uh, <laughs> I absolutely adore it in winter. Oh, and really? it's a bit like the Blue Lagoon, some mornings, so... I I did a mindfulness, oh, I've been doing a mindfulness course and there'll be a podcast coming out about that shortly. Um, but it's really changed my mindset this year because last year I took on so, so, so much and I was running around like a mad person and I loved it and the goals were exciting and I had that identity away from being a mum. But I wasn't doing enough of those little calm, you know, having those calm po- pockets of time so I would put my self-care, I'd still have self-care, but I would take more time to work and I didn't have the balance quite right and there was some weeks that was frazzled. So I've actually been, I've had this kind of motto, um, if it makes you happy, do it more. So every time I get in that pool, for me personally, especially in the morning, if the sun's beaming down and there's sort of steam and it makes me happy and I go, so whatever moments in your life that you have that little Oh, now it could be snuggled up in bed with a candle and a good book, or it could be going for a walk around the block, putting a podcast in, like a motivational one like this. Um, I love podcasts now. I listen to them all the time. Or if I'm in the car, and even a car journey, oh, I'll be looking forward to checking into a podcast because the kids will be quiet in the back and I get, hopefully, and I get 20 minutes to listen to some adult conversation. And do you know what I mean? It's... I've not tried that actually, that's a good idea. Yeah. At the moment it's Disney tunes on repeat in my car. I do um, love a Disney tune. Yeah. I probably need a bit more of that too. <laughs> it's good but it goes on for a while. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, that's why I live in this sort of mum bubble. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's kids and emails and planning and I think come the day it'll be amazing. Yeah. And then I'll have some me time after. Yeah, because it's that um, big goal that you need to focus on. So yeah, I think that's why it's different to a lot of work because mm. there is, it's the build up. Yeah. And then it'll be the big go- day. Uh-huh. And then I'll all, it's almost like try to come back down from it and yeah. not go too low after it as well. Yes. Um, because yeah, it will be a needing to take some me time out and not to try and jump straight back into do. Again, I need mm. to have a break and, and enjoy it's, my family. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's reminding yourself that a come down is totally natural. So when you oh have yeah. a really big event, it's really easy to kind of, you know, the emotions have been running high and then you've got that period where, yeah, I, and everyone I speak to, you know, if they've put on a bit big event... Oh, I remember after my marathon having a bit of a come down for a few days because I'd be building up to it and working so, so hard and so excited about what I was going to achieve because yes. it's such a big achievement, you know, to do something like that. To, you're organising the whole fair in the corn exchange. You've managed all these people and then you go, oh. so you have those feelings of pride and it's a buzz and stuff and then it's done and you're like, oh, right, <laughs> boom. <laughs> And then everyone goes back to normal life, and mm. you're just sitting there like, oh, well, what do I do now? Book another fear yeah. for next year. <laughs> no, no. Do I you don't. think you will? Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be an annual event. Um, 
it would just be a case of taking a little bit of time out first before we jump straight back in. Yeah. But then even it doesn't get heavy planning mm-hmm. until November probably. Right, okay. Um, and do you feel you've been flat out since then in between changing nappies and school mm-hmm. runs? and Changing nappies, school <laughs> runs, took a bit out for Christmas um, through choice and through no one really wants to talk mm-hmm. business over Christmas or they're so busy focusing on their own Christmas promotions and yeah. closing themselves up that uh-huh. it's like I'll just come back in January and sort it. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of behind the scenes stuff goes on then, but yeah. I remember taking a good bit off in Christmas. Like I was doing the odd bit of content creation, put a couple of podcasts live as well, but I remember just being like boom, January hit and I was like a Ah, Scott went back to work and I've got the kids still off and I've got the emails pinging and everyone's back. Yeah. And you're like, right, calm down, you'll get it done. And it's reminding ourselves that we can't, there's always going to be more emails in the inbox. There's always going to be more things coming up. But it's just going, right, I'll do what I can today. Yeah, I get quite anxious if it's, there's, there's people that haven't been answered that day. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but I need to finish this and then I'll answer them. And it's like, answer them tomorrow. Yeah. They've taken three days to... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think giving yourself that space to say it can wait. Yeah. Um, it's kindness to ourselves, isn't it? That's yeah. what it comes back to. Because when you're a people pleaser, and I've certainly been like that, and I love people, and I think it's, it's part of what makes me me, mm. but there's... It's realising that actually you can learn through experience to go, not today, I'm going to just take a bit of a breather here um, for me. Have a day off. Yeah, and just remind yourself, like my dad, I say this in a promo video I put out um, about my speaking and um, my, my dad's advice, it's often the most simple advice, like don't, when he got out of hospital and it was a really tough, horrible, horrible time with his mental health, don't be so hard on yourself. That was his simple advice, but it's so true. You know, I, I speak to people and I go to a lot of events around mental health and the amount of people that really struggle to give themselves a compliment or really struggle to feel compassion towards themselves. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Our minds are crazy things, you know. Yeah, they're usually our worst enemy as well with a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. I can definitely be our worst enemy. And I'll be the, mo- the most critical on myself. But mm. if it was someone else and they'd rattled off sort of psychological terrible, I've done all this, and like, but turn it around. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I think in the UK it's very easy because society tells us to don't get too big for your boots and all this stuff. <laughs> but it's actually, it's nonsense because there's a difference because I think as long as we know we're not perfect and there's always room for growth and improvement and stuff because I actually you know and everyone had said oh bloggers or whatever they can be such narcissists so I I like to go to the dictionary at that point and I, I was doing some research and it was talking about adaptive narcissism which is when you realize that you're not perfect and you're a work in progress but you're confident in your abilities and when you can adopt that mindset then you're less likely to have anxiety so it's just reminding yourself I'm really good at this Mm -hmm. and that's okay Um, 
I could improve in that. And someone said to me the other night in a course, actually, a good thing to do is look at your parents. So I'm more like my dad, right? I'm, I've got elements of my mum, and obviously we're all our own people. But if you see signs from, like, them in you, mm-hmm. so maybe learn from that and use that as a point. So, for example, my dad, when he gets an idea in his head, he can be like a dog with a bone, right? And I get a bit of that from him. So it's going, right, okay, well, it's good to have passion and stuff, but maybe take a wee step back from that and don't let it be, become all-encompassing or whatever. So my mum is huge on timekeeping to the point that I get really stressed if we're going to be late, whereas Scott's like, chill out, let's do the dishes before we go, I want the, the house clean. And I'm like, I'm not wired this way. Ah, we can't be late. So we're always early. And then he gets annoyed. He's <laughs> but, too early, yeah. But then I'm seeing, well, that's come from my mum because leaving the house was so, so stressful that I've naturally adapted that. So when we look back at kind of role models in our life and we, we're quite honest with ourselves, say, yeah. oh, I can see that, sort of helps us to go, right, actually, I can choose to that's a good feel like that, take another path. I quite like yeah, that, actually. I like that. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to say to him, we're late with mum and my dad. I'm like, I've not really thought about that, yeah. My mum used to always say to me, you can't blame me. You're your own person. <laughs> but I'm like, no. Um, Although I can already see parts of me in my oldest. And I'm like, oh, poor child. It's she's, hard. Yeah. She's very sort of, not OCD, but like, yeah. On top of everything and... If you're playing, you have to play by her rules and this yeah. is the right way to do it. And it's mm-hmm. just like constantly dictating play to her little sister. And I'm like, let her lead for once. Yeah. I don't let them lead, so why would she? Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's crazy what they pick up. Mm. I mean, it's a bit of responsibility, isn't it, when you think about it? I think for me, the key thing is, and it ties in with all we're speaking about, is if the kids see that you're being kind to yourself, then they're more likely to be kind to themselves. Um, so when I am looking in the mirror and I'm getting ready, even if I'm not feeling great, I never let Bonnie see that. So she'll say, oh, you look pretty, mommy. And I'll go, yeah, thank you, rather than no, I don't. Because um, they really, the studies, and I've, I've been on a course raising kids with confidence and, um, you know, if they can see these things in us or if you are going to go for a run or do something for your health, if you say to the kids, oh, exercise is so good for you, but you don't actually do it, or if they see you doing it, then they're more likely to do it. So it's all those things. Yeah. It's learned behaviour, isn't it? It is. It's, it's sort of learned, yeah, it's learned behaviour, seeing what you're doing. They do imitate. And most mornings I'm putting my makeup on while they're eating their breakfast. And mm. even my three-year-old's just like, is that your mascara, mummy? Uh-huh. And it's like, a three-year-old shouldn't be playing with mascara. So yeah. But they love it. Don't they, they? Do, they do. They love my makeup bag and I'm just like, that's expensive stuff. Come yeah, here. I know, I know. Yeah. But that's in a way makeup um is a form of self care, you know, they say put your face on. Um it gives you that confidence boost. I love getting my makeup done as well. It makes me feel amazing. So uh, your makeup's gorgeous today as well. Yeah. Very nice. I'm going to get some know. tips. <laughs> <laughs> so they see that and they see that you're, you know I do, but I do worry that they see it every day. I don't leave the house without putting makeup on. I, it's just, it's like putting my clothes on. It's just a natural thing to do. Are they going to, do they learn that that's what they have to do? Or 
Do you know what I mean? Is are we mm-hmm. am I sort of instilling in them that they have to wear makeup before they leave the house? Hi. Do I need to start going out with a naked face to boost them? I'm pretty sure my seven month old looked at me scared this morning because she's seen me without makeup. She just stared at me for a while and I'm like, I know, mummy looks scary, it's fine. I think from the the studies are like every kid's different and yeah. it's a, a mixture of learned behaviour but obviously in their genetic makeup what they're gonna be like one might be more laid back and be like ah oh, you know I'll maybe wear makeup some days and not others and I'll flaunt it the days I do mm. and then it always comes back to this question does it make you happy well do it exactly. and when they're at a stage I mean I let Bonnie play with makeup and she plasters it on and then I'm like right okay calm down not for school but you know on the weekends and stuff she just loves it it makes her happy playing with it um but I think as long as we sort of reinforce that message if it makes you happy there's nothing wrong with putting a face of makeup on mm-hmm. um I've got friends that get Botox and have said to me oh you'd really suit Botox and I'm like yeah but I'm I don't I'm not unhappy enough that I want to like my lines annoy me sometimes but I'm like I'd rather spend my money on other things but then if it makes other people happy who am I to judge like go for it do whatever makes you feel gives you a little bit of a boost you know but it's easy to I would just try and raise them to judge less um which is so hard but there's a lot of judgment out there especially on social media like you see people oh what do people look like these days with these big eyes and putting these lashes or doing these brows and stuff and it's it's kind of just a trend and if people want to embrace it you've just got to let them bash on you know but i don't know social media we just like to moan on it it doesn't matter what we do we just want to moan and be heard or yeah. Be the person that gets spoken to the most, really. Um, yeah. yeah, I do try and not get sucked in too much, but then I need it, like, I need to throw the event on it as much as possible, let yeah. them know what's going on with it. And yeah. there's so many arms and legs to the fair that it can't all just be in one place. You have to yeah. show everything that's going on. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and you do need to have a presence on there. And it's yeah. the way of the world now. I think for me, I do a screen detox over the weekend. Um, and it just depends what day. And even if I am reviewing somewhere, I'll just, I'll balance it. Um, I've got an article going out, hopefully tonight. Uh, we'll see about that. But how we get that balance. So when we're on it, we're on it. But when we're off it, we're actually off it. Because it's so addictive. Well, it's, yeah, some days my phone doesn't leave my hand. And it's like we're having to sort of think through things like dinner time it's like put the phone over on the sofa so yeah. it's not at the table yeah because you automatically go and pick if it pings mm-hmm. i'll look at it without even thinking mm-hmm. whereas it's like well no that's the time to sit and have your dinner yeah um and especially with the young girls it's like we want to teach them sort of family times at the table eat your dinner at the table yeah talk about your day mm-hmm. even if the three-year-old just wants to tell me that she's a princess or something like that someone wasn't nice to her and it's like when you're nice to them yeah um, yeah it's always coming back yeah, to just get into the root cause of what she's actually trying to say but yeah if your phone's pinging and you're looking at it you're not oh, no. it's not they're not getting the same message they, they know they've not got your full attention so oh, no. it's little things like that just keeping it away from family time but I know, and you know, I was chatting to a gran on the school run the other day and she was just talking about, oh, you know, everything's so fast these days and, 
you know, she was looking at memories of photos. She, so she's taken her grandkids on the school run, but she was talking about her own kids and looking back. She's in her 60s of holidays and how precious the times were. And it was a really nice reminder for me just to slow down a little bit and really enjoy those days away or enjoy those pockets of time when you can have them yeah. and really, really cherish them rather than being on autopilot the whole time because there have probably been weeks where I've been I've had deadlines, but I've not had any time out to enjoy. So mindfulness for busy people, you know, it's great to be busy and have goals, but to actually just go, right, I'm going to have 10 minutes holding their hand and just really appreciating, like, wow, this is our life right now. And one day I am going to look back at these photos and be like, oh. Another thing I heard, Scott was saying to me last night, I heard a guy in the gym, a granddad saying, I don't see the point in visiting my grandkids now because they just sit on their phone the whole time. Isn't that sad? It is sad, but it's, yeah. It's the way it is. I know. Some, I, someone posted a picture on social media at the weekend of their, their family and it was um, all the family around for Sunday and posted the picture and you could see three adults and two kids, little kids in the picture, and all three adults were on their phones, and the two kids are sitting colouring at the table, mm. to the side of the adults all sitting on the sofas on their phones. Mm. It was like, that's the family round for Sunday. Mm. Um, sad. But as if you look back to sort of, even 10, 15 years ago, mm. the family round on a Sunday would be something different. Mm. Um, do you know, I was chatting to BBC about this last week, though, and really gone on about it, because they've changed the guidelines now, saying parents need to have more responsibility and set a better example to their kids. And it's something I'm going to be going into schools to but chat about. You need to tell parents that. that I, yeah. Is that you need to be told guidelines that you should put your phone down and play with your child more. It's like, well, what, what sort of people are we needing to tell this to? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, you do see it. I, I'm quite inquisitive and was chatting to a brand um, about having boxes where you just don't, you know, you put, I would quite like to be that person when people come around and you say, right, chuck your phone in this box for an hour or something, we're going to have the meal. and But then... It's tricky, isn't it? Because you can't please everyone. It is. And I mean, even saying who needs told to put the phone down. I was, um, you, you never know what they're needing that phone for. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I had my middle one at her swimming lesson on Monday and I had the baby in the carrier and I was standing just up the ramp from poolside so I can see her in the pool mm-hmm. in case she needs out for the toilet or anything. But I'm on my phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing work emails. That's the thing. I'm, I'm answering all those emails quickly. Yeah. So when she is out the pool, we can have some time together yeah. at lunch. Yeah. But then halfway through, I noticed that the instructor was waving at me to show me that Ari has finally let go of the sides. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, well done, darling. And then I'm, it's like, he must just be like, come on, love, get off the phone and look at your child. Um, it's very easy for people to judge, though, when you, you, they don't, I, you don't, don't know what someone judged, else is but going It's one to. of those, it's like, could you imagine what, what must I look like sitting on my phone with a baby in a sling, waving at a child like this? Um, I, I think there's a balance. I think we just need to realise, like, things have changed. Yeah. And I don't think it's nice when I see people 
glare at people for being on the phones out and about, you know, and you think, well, actually, you don't know their story. You don't know how long they have to get emails to people. I think only you know yourself, right, I've got as much as I can do today. I need to put it away now. Um, the times I get annoyed is if I'm in the car and I'm like, well, I can finally get a wee bit someone written. Uh, and Scott's like, oh, you're on your phone, put your phone away. And I'm going, but you've been at work all day. Yeah, is that... Yeah, shut up. <laughs> um, and it's... To me, I work from home, so one of us, me and my husband, one of us can always be with the girls. We don't have to pay for childcare. Mm-hmm. We don't have to send them off to nursery too early. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with doing that if you want to. But yeah. to us, I want to be at home with the girls. Yeah. Um, so I will take those pockets of times to do my work and then once they go to bed in the evening yeah. 7 till I say 7 till midnight Yeah, sometimes <laughs> later yeah. is the work time for me so yeah. I work around the children mm-hmm. so we can be there during the day and yeah it's you do see a lot of parents on the phone and your automatically instinct is to judge them but mm-hmm. you don't know why they're on their phone yeah Um. Finn, you just give him a wee pat on the back for getting out of the house. Yeah, like, well done. Um, what, you're alive, the kids are alive. <laughs> you're all dressed, you're looking reasonable. <laughs> um, so if people want to come to the fair, you can still yes, book tickets. Book um, tickets. Um, it's www.bonnie-bairn.co.uk Okay. Um, jump on and book tickets there's loads going on it starts at 10 in the morning mm-hmm. we have activity sessions starting from 20 past 10 okay. and they're going to be on right through until 3 o'clock mm-hmm. make sure you're there before let me just check 10, 20, I think it's 11 I want to say 11.20 or 11.40 what time are you on it? I think you were saying 11-ish, but it may change. Yeah, make sure you're there before 11, and then you can hear Jojo do her amazing talk. <laughs> also, you want to get down early because there's goodie bags mm-hmm. that are just, they're full of everything. Okay. Um, we've got so many products and samples and vouchers. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything is in those goodie bags. There's a prize draw that has got some amazing prizes. Mm-hmm. Each bundle's worth over a thousand pounds. There's hotel stays, there's weekend experience for cars. Heaven. There's loads of things for your kids. There's loads of things for pregnant ladies. We've got massages, reflexology. Great. That's nice. So yeah, come and have a day. We've even got princesses appearing now. Oh, We've got confirmed. Yesterday, I'm trapping. Yeah, we've got it confirmed now. So we have Belle and Snow White. Oh, what time are they coming? They're going to be there all day. They're just going to be like... Oh, being wonderful and princessing about all day. Oh, great! Um, so my little ones are so excited for that. We've got princesses coming. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's stuff on for the whole family. Really, a lot of people hear pregnancy and family and think, oh, I'm not pregnant. It's not just for pregnant ladies. Like obviously, we want all the pregnant ladies to come, but we also want the babies, the toddlers, the preschoolers. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, well done on organising it. I'm really looking forward to coming. And guys, come and say hello. I'll be about and I'll have a table of my books. Come and see all the exhibitors. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. I think we're going to end with a song. Now, you love a bit of Disney. And we also thought about doing um, 
Pulp. Her name was Deborah, Deborah. Um, but we've decided to do Diana Ross to sing us out. I think so, yes. Which one is it? Um, baby oh, Love. Oh, I love it. Brilliant. The babies. Well, thank you so much. I think we'll sing out and um, keep up the great work. Thank you. Oh, I'm so deep in love with you. Why'd you do me like you do? if you don't come to the show if you're local Bonnie Bairn Scotland's premier pregnancy and family fair sharing wisdom well-being wonderful shopping opportunities Sunday the 10th of March 10am to 3pm at Edinburgh Corn Exchange woo thanks Deborah.